Alright, back again. This is our uh, episode fourth? three. Episode right. uh, fourth in total, right? We did the segment one of the yeah. pilot, segment two of pilot, then we had Rise of Skywalker last week. Hope you guys enjoyed that, and uh, we're bringing you the Mandalorian today. Yeah, big topic, man. Yeah. It I'm excited. Stands on its own right now. It's huge. I mean, th- this is one of the, the brilliant things that Disney's done so far with the Star <clears throat> Wars franchise. Like, it's a standalone series that ties in with mo- honestly multiple timelines um, of, of Star Wars. So I, I loved it. What do you think it, so far? Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Um, you know, I was really excited for Pedro Pascal after, of course, he did, you know, Game of Thrones being uh, the Viper. Um, and, you know, now I'm just all into the findling, I guess is the proper term, but Baby Yoda. Like, that's, like, the reason I keep watching it. <laughs> but, uh, it's, uh, it's fantastic. It, um, Isn't it truly amazing, though, how Baby Yoda's taken everybody by storm? Like, you can't go anywhere without seeing Baby Yoda memes, uh, like, merchandise, <laughs> anywhere. I mean, we live in the heart of Disney, so that's all, that's all we've been seeing. <laughs> yeah, it's actually really funny, because I don't think he, uh, anyone ever said his name was Baby Yoda, ever. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, realistically, it can't be Yoda, right? Because this is set after the Age of the Republic, so Yoda's obviously already passed away, unless he's like some sort of phoenix bird where he reincarnates, but then there wouldn't be the whole other planet of the foundlings that they're trying. So we'll get into that in a little bit, but um, it's just interesting how, since we don't have a name for it, it's just, hey, it's Baby Yoda, and it's kind of stuck, and everyone loves it, man. Yeah. Um, trust me, Um the whole reason I kept watching the show was just to try to find more of these guys on, like, another planet. But we'll get into that in a minute. But I felt like almost it was what that Assassin's Creed movie that was awful years ago should have been. So, yeah. No, uh, I didn't I didn't even watch the Assassin's Creed movie. I heard bad reviews about it. So, uh, I, I was actually... I actually was late to The Mandalorian. I didn't watch it when everyone else did. I waited for all of these uh, the season to come out before I just decided to binge right into it and just watch it start to finish because I knew we were going to be doing this podcast and I wanted to bring you guys something fresh off the top of my head of like, wow, this is what I took away from it because, you know, when you start watching like a series and it's you know, like a, a week before you can watch the next one, you forget some of the little things and you, know, you can jot notes down. So what I did is I just, in, in a span of two days, watched it all episodes one through eight and I think we've got some really good stuff for you today. Yeah, even going from a perspective of, you know, Disney hadn't even started this whole streaming service yet, and there's a lot of hype around this because of Star Wars, it really is amazing what uh, the director has done with this show, and how it's really held the franchise together recently. And it's crazy, too, to think about this, because not only does it tie into the timelines of, like, the nine major episodes... But also to like the standalone things they do as well, like the Clone Wars. Like it, this has a huge tie, and especially at the very last uh, episode, um, in the episode eight of season one, you're gonna see a lot of things like how it ties into the Clone Wars. So, yeah, I mean, uh, let, let's talk a couple of things about what, what I want to really start with is when we first kind of meet Mando, right? So uh, that that what was he? The blue guy? I don't even know what you like. What kind of creature is he? Never, that, that creature's never been introduced to Star Wars before, has it? Oh, uh, well, I mean, see, that was kind of the hype around it at first. People thought he was, like, Bubba Fett, right? They no, thought- not, not him. The, you know who I'm talking about? The guy who was very, very blue with the white hair. He saved him in the bar. 
That that the, the original guy who he saved, he had to get the credits from. Yeah, the, he was wanted. The, right, he was wanted, but so we didn't even like. This is a brand new species already. Like we're already starting out. Like he's in trouble with these debtors. Right. And you know, Mando comes into the bar. Doesn't seem like he's in there for anything. Right. He just is at the bar. Doesn't even say a word. Doesn't order a drink. And then, you know, they they pick a fight with him. <clears throat> And they find out real quick that was not the smart uh, thing to do. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. It, um, you know, it was almost like uh, that show Justified, mm. that combined with Star Wars, which... Justified was great. <laughs> Justified, <laughs> Justified is a great actor. Yeah. I actually like that a lot. So I, it's funny. I didn't know you watched Justified. That's yeah, like, my dad got me into that. Dad got me into Sons of Anarchy, too, man. Awesome. <laughs> I know. I'm getting into him way late. Yeah. We're kind of, I know we're kind of getting off topic here uh, with, with Justified, but to me, like, if you guys ever watched Burn Notice, it was like a country version of Burn Notice. Yeah. You know, it's kind of cool, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, I mean... It was really nice to see uh, some of the cool abilities of the Mandalorian and then how it translates from him like, saving that guy to arresting him. Right? right <laughs> so it's right, really yeah. interesting how that yeah. kind of like, turned around there. <clears throat> no, definitely. It was fantastic what they did with it because <clears throat> there's so much value here that they can go off of as far as even just keeping it simple. And that's what they did that was really actually genius on part of the director because there was so much hype around this show and they kept the idea so simple that there's so much material there. <clears throat> they could easily drag us on for eight seasons. And what's great too is it didn't seem like a money grab, right? It, it seemed like they really took the time to put something really great together that's new and fresh <clears throat> for the fans because I think that's something we've been lacking, especially in the most recent two big movies. And if you if you watched our uh, you know, last episode that we did about Rise of Skywalker, you guys will kind of know what we're talking about here. But um, yeah, it, it was it was really cool to see. And then you know he gets that he comes back, he meets uh, what's his name, like Grief Karga, the guy, the leader of the guild. He's trying to get another job. So you, at first, you don't understand like his main motive. Is it just the money? Like, what's he trying to do? Is he trying to find a purpose in life? You know what I mean? Like, you really didn't understand like, what he's doing this for. And then when he didn't get any type of money that he was looking for, he asked for, you know, for the big job or whatever, right? Right. So, what, tell me a little about, like, oh, I want to get you to pick your brain about this, Chase. Um, do you know those, the bars that they melt down to make part of the armor, you know, it, where did that come from? Is that is that a special type that like you can only make his armor out of that type of steel? Like what what is where did that come in? Uh, I wish I honestly knew. That's why I need to watch the Clone Wars more. And I'll admit that. Um, but I thought the whole idea was great. I love how they you know melted it down and actually you know built another piece of armor out of it. Um, and the fact that you had Apollo Creed making his return over here. <laughs> As like, yeah, I mean, that attracted so many audiences' attention, but I think that's kind of the big mystery of the show, right? And if you noticed on that armor every time they put a different symbol on it, which was really like, it's like, it's like when he earns something, yeah, it's like something he earns something. You have that you know, right. jetpack that they put on at the very end. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get too far ahead because we're going to jump in. We're going to what we're going to do today, guys, is we're really going to kind of take us through episode by episode until we get to um, episode eight, where everything kind of the very ending was like, whoa, you know, so. Good stuff. So, now kind of pick up where we were in episode one. He arrests a guy. He gets his stuff. He, he needs another job. You know, Grief Car Carga says, yeah, look, I don't have any more jobs for you. So, like, oh, well, you know, obviously, you know, very cliche, predictable order. There is this one job. Right. So, we all knew that yeah. was going to come and happen. Uh, you know, so we go and figure out what it is, right? So, 
that he meets up with the you know that old guy and you know he, he gives him a down payment of like you know, a bunch of those steel credits. Yeah, I don't even know what is it credits is what they yeah, call they it. Yeah, they call it credits. Yeah, but it's like like it's almost like they don't even use it as currency; they use it as armor. So like, what is the value? What does it value? I don't understand that like, you can't. You can do you purchase stuff with them, or is it just like listen? I'm going to give you this so you can build your own armor. I don't. I didn't understand it if it's currency or if it's meant to be made into that. I think honestly, we haven't even found out yet. Like, there's right. so much about it that they can go into on this that does tie into Clone Wars based on our research that we've seen, which we need to wind up, you know, watching more of that. That. I, I mean, just like you said, each symbol, it goes to show you find out so much more. Like, I had no idea that, you know, Jango Fett, Bubba Fett, I had no idea that Mandalorian was a creed. I thought it was like, oh, they're the Mandalorian, like Mandalorian race, or they're just bounty hunters. Um, it takes a whole other side of things uh, that people didn't even think about in Star Wars. I think the first time I even started to learn about Jango Fett was PlayStation 2. They came out with Bounty Hunter, <laughs> so you got to play the game. Uh, and then, of course, Attack of the Clones, you know, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, <laughs> you are. Uh, <laughs> and it was interesting, too, because I find it's a very strange dynamic, because we find out in Attack of the Clones that Boba Fett is just a direct clone of Jango Fett. So it's not like it's his son or anything that, but he's raising him as such, and he was the only one that, you know, wasn't bred for the specific reason of the rest of the clone army, right? That when Obi-Wan got there, and like, right. oh, your, your army is almost ready. You know, he's like, right. wait, what? <laughs> so. Which raises a question that, you know, if you look at the show, right, they actually do a flashback scene, where is how he became part of the whole Mandalorian race. You know, uh, his planet was basically being attacked, and his mom had to make sure he seeked shelter and was saved by that and got almost, like, adopted into it. So it makes you wonder almost how they choose these people, right? And then even going into the whole idea of, you know, we really haven't even scraped the surface on, you know, how they train to become bounty hunters or, like, how they decided to become bounty hunters. It's a whole nother universe, almost. Yeah, that's kind of like the genius of stuff. It, it it gives you... I love it. It gives you, like, the flashbacks and, like, what's going on currently at the same time. So you, you start to really... It's, it's going to peel a lot of layers of the onion away. So yeah. I'm really I'm really excited to see where we go from there. And, you know, so when we get, like, you know, we watch what he's going to do for the next job. He goes off to the planet that he needs to be. And this is where he finds Quill, that guy who's very, very passive. It's like, when you meet him, you don't know what to expect. Like, you don't know if he's, like, an undercover bad guy. You don't know, really, like, anything about him. And he, he's often to do everything at no cost. And that's what really starts, like, hey, like, something's not right with this, right? Like, at least for me, like, when I, when I first met Quill and saw him on screen, I was thinking more along the lines of, okay, he's going to end up screwing over Mando at some point in time. And, uh... And actually, the exact opposite happened. Right. We think Quill's a big reason why, you know, it, it ended where it ended and, you know, things are where they're at. But he, he offers to take them to where they're holding the item that he needs to right. find. And you don't know what, the, what this is yet, right? So uh, he, t- he takes it no charge. He, he, he wants to pay him. Amanda offered to pay multiple times, said no. Uh, so then you find out at that point in time when they get to that compound that... The Mandalorian is not the only bounty hunter they, they've hired 
to secure this, right? Right. So, and this is where I don't think episode one gets enough credit. Episode one was absolutely fantastic in my book. Um, and this is when he runs into, uh, IG, uh, what's his, IG 11, IG 11. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he was, as far as a character, it's very rare. You can find, you know, a droid or a robot, almost like an inhuman object and almost make them seem as if it's a compelling character, much less in only one episode. Dude, you know who reminded me of a little bit? He reminded me of a General Grievous without lightsabers with right. multiple guns. He did, he had, yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. He had the same level of intellect, was able to kind of make his own decisions. He wasn't just like programmed, you know. like It, it was really, really interesting, the, the dynamic that, he, he, that they put on him right. on IG-11. So... Uh, you know, so like, like, let's get into that part a little bit. They, they stormed the compound. You know, you got, you got it got a little uh, hairy there, didn't it, for a second? You know, you didn't know if they were going to get in or not, um, but obviously, uh, you know, they get in there. They find, you know, the quote-unquote, uh, the package and open up the uh, the casing, and it's our, our friend uh, Baby Yoda, right? <laughs> so, um, they, they take a look at him. IG-11 wants to, to, to terminate, and, uh, you know, the gunshot happens, and IG-11 falls. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was absolutely compelling. Um, IG-11, he almost reminded me of, like, something out of Red Dead Redemption. Like, a video game character, like, uh, with the intellectual behind him, but the talents. I mean, just almost someone that can't be stopped. When he pulled out the entire... Where you could turn backwards with the two gun spray. It was like plenty Eastwood. And how he could like change his field of vision to like multiple and like it just it was really, really cool to see. I I agree and it was just great that, you know, he ended up uh, obviously you know, spoiler alert, uh, he goes fixed by Quill and I uh, was kind of programmed to do only protect uh, you know, the the, mm-hmm. uh, the foundling uh, Baby Yoda. So it was really nice to see that, you know, he had that uh, character arc and, and change in personality. Uh, so it, it, it was really, really cool. So he, you know, grabs him. He brings him back to collect the bounty. Uh, the guy he sends, you know, gives him off to. You know, that, that guy's more like a middleman than anything. He wasn't the, the end-all, be-all bad right. guy. We find out who that is later on, which is pretty cool. Which, but, yeah. going back to just IG-11, I mean, one thing he was great at for at least the first episode attracting audiences' attention was comedic effect. Like, a lot of people don't think about that. But, I mean, they had to have some sort of attention getter. And you've been going with, I call him the blue guy. The first guy. <laughs> that one there is, like, kind of escaping on his own. Like, it reminded, it was like a more clever Jar Jar Binks. Like, if you go back to episode one, like, they refined what they learned to try to throw it in like they're doing the Marvel movies, but not so off the top right. that it was like, this is just out of, ah, just completely ridiculous. But it, um... I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. And, I mean, that kind of leads into, you know, that bounty that they were searching for. Well, and... and <laughs> right. But uh, what I was also going to say, too, is when we get back to, like, where he collects the bounty from the guy, like, he has that weird feeling, like, something's not right here. Like, this is a child, a kid, like... like he wants to know... That, 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 was, that was a first no-no, right? Like, I mean, I think... I believe the second uh, episode title was called The Sin. And, like, that, like, when you're in a guild and you do a job... You don't ask about the job. You do the. You get. You go find what you need to find. You bring it back to the right people, and that's it. And he's like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" And he's like, "Well, that's not your concern, right?" And so, uh, 
I, I think that was really, and it was kind of cool because then you saw, kind of saw the uh, dynamic start to shift a little bit from Mando just being a badass bounty hunter, you know, doing jobs like, okay, he's got a conscious. Where is this going to take us from there? It makes you notice, too, as you notice in the film, or the series now, notice I'm always, I'm calling it a film now, because it's so, uh, so iconic today's, to right now is pop culture. They call him Mando. In other Star Wars films, you never see that. They never go, hey, Mando. They go, like, hey, Django, or hey, this guy, hey, Right, they don't even know, like, you know, Mandalorian is not a person. Like it, his his real name is you know, right. Din Djarin, right? Right. So Din Djarin, like like they just call it. They just shorten his name. It's it, it's kind of cool. It, it's very it's it's modern. It's got a modern twist mm-hmm. to it. It's got a lot of um, a lot of fresh ideas, and I think that's exactly what the Star Wars franchise needed, especially after the way that it ended. Yeah, and it brings up the whole question too. Why can't you ever see his face? I think everyone always had that thought in their head, like they're not allowed to show their face just because of how big their helmet is, right? But then if you go back to Attack of the Clones, they didn't really care about that because they were clones, right? So it makes you wonder, is this something maybe they're adding now to kind of more dive deep into the series? Or is this something, you know, George Lucas just always had on his mind all these years? And the one thing, too, is strange is that, you know, Boba and Jenga Fett in, in the prequels, they were seen without their helmets multiple times. Right. So yeah. it's like, is that really part of their creed? I don't, we don't know. Uh, I, was that added later on? Because, you know, how, like, uh, that was the age, what was it, the age of the Republic in the very, very beginning. Right. Right. So maybe things had changed from over time. To where, like, okay, now we don't remove our helmet at all. So it could be something that gradually changed, or it could be a pothole. We don't right. know. Right. Because if you think, uh, you got to think too, like, Django didn't care about ever showing his face. But yet, then if you go jump out to Return of the Jedi, where Bubba's in it, yeah. well, I mean, he never shows his face really much either. He just never talks about it. So, I mean, that could be something they're trying to tie together. So, I, think, I think that it is. You know, and I think a lot of people thought that. Uh, uh, before that, this is how, almost an origin story of uh, Boba Fett, but it's not. We find it's that, not at all. No, we, not, we find that. You know, could they be related? Maybe down the line, but um, I don't like to myself with all the, the clans and sigils yet because we want to go step by step. But this, this is where I just I love to attack and dissect piece by piece these uh, episodes of, especially the, this season was phenomenal. I really hope that they keep that same energy going through season two. I mean, they better, what they, would you say, they're not doing another season for a year? Like, we've got to wait a whole, yeah, a whole calendar year, year before we get another episode of The Mandalorian, so I gotta assume that they're gonna take their time and do it the right way. It was this show, literally just this show, that made me buy Disney+. Plus. Because, don't get me wrong, I love Disney+. Plus. Like, I watched Brink, you know, when I was working out the other day, just for that old you know, feel like I was still in the 90s, um, that sort of stuff. But, uh, you know, it's a lot of, like, family-friendly films, and I don't watch a lot of, like, family-friendly films. I should. I've heard people say that the price of Disney Plus is worth it just for The Mandalorian. It is. Like, it's absolutely crazy. fantastic. You know? And the price is, like... Not bad as it is. Not bad at all. You right. compare it to HBO, I mean, you can get the bundle right now, which is fantastic. 
for that's what Disney Plus, Hulu, and it's like ESPN Plus, right? Yeah, right, something like that. Wild. I mean, yeah, twelve ninety nine a month. I think I paid for the year because I I wanted it so bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, if you didn't know this, I'm sure you knew it by now. But if you have unlimited uh, Verizon plan, you get it free for a year. So. Holla at your boy. I have it free for a year. <laughs> so, uh, let, let's jump back into you know, episode two where, you know, this is where he kind of, uh, he makes a decision, right? They tell him, he tells him to forget about it. Uh, you know, Grief Cargo is like, listen, like, you know, just don't worry about it. You know, you don't have to think out of sight, out of mind. Here's another, like, job. And right. he goes right back. He, he breaks, <laughs> finally it breaks Baby Yoda out. And from that yeah. point on, they, they really were, uh, they were inseparable because, uh, I remember when he left Baby Yoda for a small amount of time and he kept looking at the little small bauble that he saw on right, the screen yeah. give back to him. You could see he had the emotional connection to him, um, which was really cool to see. Which let's kind of go into that before we jump any farther because if you watch episode one, you kind of think to yourself, and I don't mean Star Wars episode one, episode one of The Mandalorian, it, they really were developing a connection between... IG-11 and Mando, right? And it really showed, you know, how much he really wanted to protect this thing or how much value he saw for it. Because if you put yourself in, say, this, you know, this fantasy realm that we always travel to, this alternate world, the Creed really doesn't care about what they're trying to get or what they're trying, whatever their mission is. Their mission is for the creed itself. So it really goes to show not only, yes, I I completely understand it. I do think that he sees him like a son, right? Especially at this point, now that the season's over, (laughs) but he knew whether he knew all the secrets or not, that I call it, you know, baby Yoda, the finaling had significant value there. For some reason. Right. And I mean, we start to see that in that first episode. I, I think that's when he realized when he was getting charged by that rhino, <laughs> whatever right, yeah. it was, that thing with the right. huge horn on his nose, the rhino elephant that we like to call it, right? So yeah. when he was getting charged by that, and then you see this tiny creature with the ability to use the force at such a high, such a high level, really, honestly. You know, how long it took, you know, just anyone to, you know, especially Luke in uh, you know, episode five of Empire Strikes Back when he was trying to learn the force, they would just struggle to do the smallest amount of thing. Oh, this, this infant stopped a, a 5,000 pound raging elephant rhino trying, like dead set on like goring the man oh, yeah. to death. And he stopped at mid-tracks and yet yeah, it took all his energy and he passed down and fell asleep. But still, it literally saved his life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it goes to show, uh, I mean, he's, what, 50 in the show? 50-something? Because they can grow so long. Right. Like, they can age so long and live so long. Um, and he's still, like, a baby at the age of 50. That, you know, the people of the entire Star Wars galaxy, and we can even say this because they're made by the same people, so obviously they're fitting into that universe, right? Yeah, absolutely that they know whatever this race is from what we've been introduced to so far it's the most powerful out of all i mean seek no farther than yoda yoda was always regarded as the best jedi master he was right. the overall jedi master right so uh this, this is obviously his race and we're going to learn a little bit more about yoda's origin which is great um i i think too like if we really break this down and 
like I hate I hate trying to jump around from different seasons and episodes, but right, uh, yeah, you know. So I'm I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna be good here. We're gonna stick here at uh, episode two. For a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, just if. I see where you're coming. You know, it's just so hard because it raises so many questions. It raises a lot of questions throughout multiple universes—not universes, but timelines. Um, you know, I what I think is going to happen. This is why I said I didn't want to jump a heart. Like I'm giving myself a prediction. So you guys heard it here first. I said screw it. I'm going to do it anyways. My prediction is that they're going to find the founding planet and. It's going to be either, it's not going to be destroyed yet, or it's either already going to be destroyed, or uh, the, the bad guys are coming and they're going to destroy it. And our, you know, blessed young baby Yoda is going to be the only surviving member of its race. That's my prediction. That's why I wanted to come out and say that, is because I, I think that's what it's leading up to. Because it left us with, you know, that's where they're going. They're going to find that planet. They think he's going to be safe there with his own kind, his own species, maybe to grow and things of that nature. Because... You know, part of it, Mandalor the Mandalorian's like, listen, like, I don't know enough about this. I can't raise it myself. I, I need to know. It. I need knowledge, right? And he was, you know, kind of guided to go there. So I think that's what's going to happen. Truly, my prediction for this series uh, is that the whole foundling planet is going to be destroyed one way or the other. Either it's already done or it's going to be done. And our baby Yoda is going to be the single surviving member of the species. I have to agree with you. Uh, my bold prediction here, a little bit different. So I think they do find the planet, but then I don't think they find that he's the only one left alive. Because you have to remember, this series is supposedly, if this is the case, unless we find out like Rise of Skywalker, it's completely different, and I'm totally, totally out there, that he's not the only one because we at least know that Yoda is left. Right, well, Yoda's not left at this point, because this is taken after the age of... Yoda's dead by this point. Yoda's oh, okay, gone. gotcha. Right, because right. it's after the age of, um... Uh, what is it? The, the, the Middle Age, where it's... Okay, so yeah, the new it's, after, the, it's like in between. Yeah. That makes sense. So it's, it's, yeah, directly, it's directly after um, uh, Return of the Jedi, like right. in the timeline. Directly after that, before the New Age of the Resistance, so... Um, but where did... Then it raises the question, right... Say he's not a descendant of Yoda, which I don't want to get into. Do I think he's a descendant yeah. of Yoda? I well, I definitely don't the same. Know. Definitely the same race. There's no doubt about that. Same yeah. race. Hundred percent yeah, the same, same race. race. And I'm not saying that we're not going to see other of his race. I'm saying that, like, I my prediction. I I don't know when it's going to happen, but they're all going to be wiped out. They're I all going to be wiped out, and he's going to be the last surviving member of this species like, at some point during the series. That's that's my prediction. I'm not saying we're never going to see another uh, foundling. I'm saying we might see them, but they're not going to be around for long. Like they're going to get wiped out, and, and our our little guy, he's going to be the one our that's uh, yeah. survive, the last surviving member, the last <laughs> one standing, if you will. So that's for sure. But then, uh, and not to keep harping on these questions, it just raises so many. I mean, this show has so much. Potential because it has so much potential. Well, layers. Yeah, layers. layers. Um, with the material that they're working with, that they decided to put together on the on this series here. Like what? I mean, who's his mom? Like we we had no idea, and we of course we want to like say. Do they have a mom? Suit. Are they right? Like, well, how, no, how they, they just up? like like right? Yeah. Are like you as we know right? Going hate to be jumping around here, but you know, Attack of the Clones. 
we saw Yoda, you know, fight Dooku with the lightsaber and how he used the Force. So it makes you wonder, did he naturally already have the Force? Was his um, count, like, already through the roof? The Metachlorian count? Metachlorian count, which I'm assuming, right? It's gotta be. But it uh, makes you wonder, like, I would love to see, even if there was, like, a flashback or anything, say, you know, in the eighth season of, like, him starting to go through the trials of, like, to become a Jedi. Like, after, he, like, the last season, right? Like, that would be something that would... Well, that's another thing, too, because, like, if, we, if we're following where the major core movies left off, there should be no more Jedis. Like, Ray just right. walk into the sunset, mm-hmm. so maybe he doesn't become a Jedi, maybe he's just a powerful wielder of the Force, you know? Yeah. But then again, then it doesn't make sense for then what we saw at the very right. last episode of, you know, the Darksaber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. right, yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, because I want to get my timeline here, because okay. I know it's it's almost like you have to watch The Mandalorian as it's its own canon, right? Yeah, right. It is. So it doesn't directly follow, like... Let's say, is the timeline technically after Force Awakens, or is it after Rise of Skywalker? No, this timeline, Time of the Mandalorian, is directly after the Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi, right? Yeah, so it's in so, between, right? But it's 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 super close. Like, actually, I think I think I have a visual representation of exactly what the timeline looks like, so I can show you. So, from right here, what we see. And I, I want to show our viewers this as well because I think this is a super like if you especially if you're new to Star Wars and you need like a little bit of a assistance on the order to watch things in. So yeah, because we know this can get really confusing. First off, there. So. so you see between here, this is where the Mandalorian fits in directly after the Return of the Jedi, but well before the Force Awakens. And so I'm going to go up to the camera show this as well, guys. You're going to be able to see. Return of the Jedi and Mandalorian is going to be directly after Return of the Jedi. Now, that that's why it, it becomes so interesting because it technically doesn't seem... Well, no, because that kind of throws my point out the window with there can't be any more Jedis because it doesn't matter that Rey's walked off in the sun because it's not at that timeline yet. We're before that, so he could become a new Jedi. It's... It makes you wonder if the director of Rise of Skywalker was even in talks with the director of Mandalorian. I mean, I know they're in the same universe, and that's how it... But it almost is like it's its own canon kind of thing. Because then you go into the point of it, and I hate to jump around episodes, but it brings up the question of, you know, do the Jedi have a history with Mandalorian? Because... They do bring up, as Mando starts to find out these things, that we know that, you know, these things, like as far as like, you know, Baby Yoda findlings, when they wind up finding this stuff out, they were working with the Jedi. Like, the Jedi, they know that, you know, they have these special powers to manipulate and use the force and they speak of that so it makes you wonder what is their actual history with them because before in all the other movies they were just bounty hunters right that's all they really were i mean and even up until this i mean they still seem like they're just bounty hunters and this is like now that we know a little bit about the creed and what they do what i thought was really cool 
is they stuck up for him. Right. Remember that? Yeah. Like, that, was, that was a really cool, that was really cool. scene there, too, where they helped him escape. Uh, you know, this is the way. <laughs> this is the, is way. the way. I feel uh, like a great saying, by the way. What a great saying. Oh, that's great. That I is literally it. the not today of Star Wars now. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. So, you know, going into a little bit further, uh, where, you know, if we're going to take, a, now that we, he's escaped through season two, he's going to, you know, episode two, I apologize. Uh, they're going through space. They land at that um, planet there. And that's where we find, before he lands, where all those, um, you know, whoever they were, just destroyed the young village. Right? Right. So they, like, I, I don't remember, I don't know if they even really kind of went into what species that was that just decided to go in and just ravage the town. If they were just pillagers or whatever, whatever it might have been. That was an awesome scene, by the way. The whole walker. Was it AT&T walker? Is that what it was? I always forget the names on these things. But yeah, the one that looks like a chicken. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) It was genius the way they took that thing down. It was. I mean, that's, yeah, kind of towards the end of how that went about. And I mean, you know, that goes into meeting Cara Dune. And I, she reminds me a lot of Lara Croft. Like that, she, she does. She's like she straight does. up like Tomb Raider of she Mandalorian. Does. She's yeah. a badass. She is a badass. Like, and super cool. I gotta say, I'm. I mean, you got to be an Angelina Jolie fan, and I even I think, you know, Alicia Vikander did an amazing job. I kept watching <laughs> that movie back over and over and over again. But uh, you know, and apparently they're gonna try to do another Tomb Raider reboot, is what they're in talks about because I guess. Uh, the one they did when they were trying to set it up for a second one, not to jump off topic, but I guess it didn't meet box office standards, oh. which Alicia Vikandle. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, man. But she she was pretty cool to meet there. They they, they they asked for his help, and you know, he's like, no, not gonna do it. Then they get, like, this is like, you know, you start to say they have emotions, man. Like, the Mandalorian has emotions, because yeah. like, we've got nothing, and he finally just breaks down. He's like, fine, like, I'll help out. Yeah. You know, and then that's when he goes into the town, and then he has that cool, you know, little battle with Cara Dune, and uh, she decides she's going to join on and help out a little bit, too. And they couldn't have done it without that. Like, without them working as a team, one of the, I think would have been for nothing, because yeah. even at the very, very end of that episode, uh, that sniper had Baby Yoda in the sights, and yeah. shot him in the back. So. Yeah, she is excellent. And, um, I mean, she brings a lot of detail to the show as well. I mean, if you looked... You know, she has a different symbol as far as what's on her armor. Yeah. Then, uh... Well, I mean, that comes into being slay like, yeah. later on, where, like, you know, like, her relation, how she knows Moff Gideon, and, like, like what he's done to her, like, um... Pack and yeah. Pass, so. It really makes me wonder... And I love how they called it Imperials Imps. Imps, oh, yeah, that's that so was great. Cool. That was awesome. Like, yeah, the people who are still like uh, sympathetic to the, the Imperial Empire. Mm-hmm. It's really, really awesome. Um, yeah. So in that episode, uh, you know, they, they they come together. They have a really great plan of action. They save that little village, and they realize at the very, very end when he was going to leave Baby Yoda there with that lady to take care of, and he was like set on it. And he thought it was going to be great. They're still tracking him. Which, which is going to lead a question, man. Like, how do they? How like, what are the basis of tracking? How do they get a tracker on if they would, if they knew where he was and like, you know, if they had the GPS in him the whole time, right. why did it yeah. take so long for someone to find them? Yeah. The very first time, I don't understand where this tracking thing comes in. These little beepers, and that's the one thing maybe that I don't love during the show is like, 
how does everyone have a tracker and know exactly where he is? And right. Yeah. Knew that from the very beginning. Why did it take so long for anyone to find him in the first place? Yeah. Like, who got that tracker on him? You know what I mean? I didn't. I, that's the one part that didn't make sense to me. Um, outside of that, though, he he makes a decision. Listen, obviously, he can't stay here. You know, like. Yeah, they're, they're tracking. And he takes them down every time. I mean, spoiler <laughs> alert, you know, the guy came at him with a flamethrower, and he took him out, and the kid's a baby. Like, yeah. this, which makes me wonder when, you know, if they keep continuing the series. The series, they could bring the series on ten years with the material they have. Easily. Maybe. You know, so... Which we, I think, what's, what's the longest, you know, running fantasy series that we've seen recently. Was it Game of Thrones? Fantasy series? Because Game of Thrones was, what, eight, yeah, seasons. eight seasons? Eight seasons. But one was basically... But that was over nine years, right? I mean, right, so that ten was, years. Sorry, 2011 ended in, uh, what, 19? I guess 19. Years. Yeah, so ten, ten years. I know we yeah. said that, you know, kind of as a joke, like, ten years forever, but realistically... Could happen. You have material, you could do it, depending on what you break... Bring let, let's hope that the writers from Game of Thrones don't jump on board with yeah, this. Yeah, hopefully not. We don't, we don't need that. <laughs> we do. We don't need that to happen. And so that's now we get out George R. 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 Martin though. If he jumps in, I'd be all yeah, for it. I'd be all for that as well. Yeah, we're definitely. still waiting on uh, Winds of Winter here. <laughs> George, if you hear us, we want it. Yeah, no, uh, series Winds of Winter twenty twenty, please. Season two would come out in ten years. Yeah, right. We never get it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, another part I thought was really cool too. Now as we going into like the middle of the uh, the season one is you start learning about the past he had with some of his past work because that's when he goes to the guy who pretends to be his friend right right the older guy right. puts together a crew like hey this guy's in charge it was their plan from the beginning to get to trap him in the uh, jail cell on that um, on that spaceship there right right so they, I thought that was really interesting you saw he had like a romantic interest in the the species with the two yeah, <laughs> things going down, cool. right? That was pretty great, so, yeah. Uh, you know, and she was super witty, too. And I think each of them had like, a really cool... Obviously, the captain, that guy I didn't think had much character to him. But, like, the, the enforcer, like, he, he had a lot of depth. Uh, you know, her with her knives and her ability to just, like... like Almost remind like the Hawkeye of uh, yeah. <laughs> you know the Hawkeye of, great. of the Mandalorian. So uh, she's just an assassin, man. She's she's great with her blades. Uh, they had they had a good working relationship, and then I, I think they all knew, like he had a feeling. I feel like he had a gut pit feeling that something wasn't going to be right with that mission, because then they end up releasing uh, her brother. Right, and this brings up a whole lot of questions, like. <laughs> Maybe it does fit in with the Rise of Skywalker because the lightsaber is yellow. <laughs> does like Ahsoka Tano has anything to do with this after that species over there? I mean, it's kind of his own canon. I get it, but as far as the fan franchise, there's so much you can do with this. Uh, I thought that episode was excellent. As far as like an action-packed yeah. kind of fun episode, that's a good popcorn grabber. It was great. Well, I thought it was really cool too, yeah. and like I'm sure you guys all agree here. Uh, when like the Enforcer's kind of doubting the Mandalorian's abilities, and then he sees him take out just what ten of the enemy yeah. like immediately in that little hallway, and he's like, hmm. "All right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't think I know what he's doing, right?" Yeah. So, also thought it was super, super ironic. Not you know, obviously we know how that battle ended there, and how they, he left the spaceship there, but uh, how her brother 
thought he killed everyone, but in reality he threw them into the jail cell. Right. Because like it yeah. seems like when he's fighting the enforcer in the control room, like it looks like the door slam on him and he kills him. Mm-hmm. Right. And then like it looks like he you know gets the better of her and kills her and everything too. Yeah. But you find out that he doesn't. They're just in the jail cell and and then I thought this was super. Like, I I'm not saying I couldn't see this coming. I was wondering how they were going to go about it. Because one thing I didn't like from that episode, guys, and I don't care, throw the hate my way, but I didn't like how long it took for the 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 good guys to respond to the you know how he pressed that button and like you know they were gonna come like the, the good guys were gonna come and like arrest whoever was there trying to break out the prisoners, the bad guys. Right. It took them entirely too long to respond after he pressed that button. Like let's be the re- reason he said fifteen minutes. That 15 minutes took 30 minutes, like, alone just in the episode, let alone what was going on and everything that was happening. Imagine that, like, in real time there. That was 100% way too long of a response time to not only do everything that they did on the ship and leave it, and then get back to that base, drop off, like, you know, who he's supposed to get, get paid, and then get out of the way, and then they find him there. Right. Like, I thought it was cool. It was very, very <laughs> clever. But time-wise, it would never, it was ridiculous. It would never have worked. I mean, it's kind of one of those episodes. You just gotta look at it, kind of like Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> like it was uh, almost like a fun. Well, I think that's like the great thing about the show. I guess too. like the great thing about us and what we do here is like you know we're gonna give even though we might like something we we can yeah. we can nitpick and talk about certain aspects we don't like, you know, and that's what I, I just felt for that. It's a great episode, action packed. But then you think about like, the realism aspect of it, and it's like, listen, the response time for especially like in, in space wars, mm-hmm. these these things can go like twelve thousand parasecs per second, right? right? So it, it's going to take them that long to respond after it was pressed fairly early on in the episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it was clever how honest, it was done. Her brother really like, you know, they like really. Didn't have a good plan for him from the beginning, man. Right. That's just part of it. One thing I would have loved to know is, like, a little bit about his past work. And I think that might be something that we learned about. I think I think that's going to keep doing this flashback thing until it catches up. Oh, what's that how Lost? Remember? Did you know Lost, Lost? Yeah, Lost. They did that, like, flashback thing until it kind of got caught up to, like, the present mm-hmm. time. And I think maybe that's going to be something that they do here. Because you see a lot of the flashbacks of how like, right. his planet got destroyed and how he started to become who he is. So I'm hoping they continue that on because that would make a lot of sense. And um, But I, I thought the idea was clever to get the tracking on the demo. Right. just destroyed them and he got paid for it anyways and yeah. made off, like, great, awesome. Yeah. And I liked you brought up <laughs> flashbacks because this actually is going to wind up tying into next week. And, you know, our buddy uh, Jay Nelly over here, he, he always binges everything, so he hasn't seen it yet, so he won't ruin it. But The Witcher does a lot of back and forth, which winds up tying into the final episodes. I'm so excited to watch The Witcher. I've heard yeah. really great things about it. So, the Henry Henry Cavill, man, came out of nowhere. Like, wow. guys Our like... guy Superman? <laughs> signing off of Justice League, not doing that anymore, and then secretly, you know, doing his little Netflix confer- contract. It's a pretty big deal. I didn't huge. know The Witcher was, like, books, too, until I researched this. Wow. Yeah, which is pretty wild. It's not just like games. Which is excellent though, because like I feel like the best well done made series and films are always based off of books. Right. Right? So Star Wars is that one exception though. 
I love that. It is. And we always <laughs> talk about this, too. We talked about this last week. We talked about it the week before. Where we go into the books, the books were not written by George Lucas. So it's pretty amazing that you have Star Wars that came out of nowhere. Which, by the way, I heard a really cool story uh, this week. So I had no idea. So Star Trek was like a really big deal uh, for like a long time before... Not too long before Star Wars, but actually the television series had actually just ended and wasn't doing very well. No one really, you know, thought too much of it. And then when A New Hope came out, afterwards, in 1979, Star Trek came out with a movie and then only kept it going, really, to keep trying to compete with Star Wars. <laughs> so it actually is because of Star Wars that Star Trek is here today, which I'm not a big Trekkie, but... I'm not a big Yeah, I'm not a big Trekkie. If you are, you know, I guess live long and prosper. prosper right? <laughs> and I'm sure we're going to have people on this show that's like, use the wrong hand, man. <laughs> but, you know. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I thought that episode was cool. It's just that one little aspect of it that didn't sit well with me. It's like, okay... Uh, outside of that, you know, it was, it was awesome. Uh, and then, you know, after that, that's when things kind of start to heat up a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to tell us about the next episode? Go ahead and um, dive into that. Yeah. So basically after that, this is where things start to come together where, uh, they really like, like they, they put like the heat on trying to right. get baby Yoda. Right. So, um, you know, and one thing I want to bring up as well is uh, this entire time, what was going on with the guild? I know because like we we meet we meet we meet the guy who like uh, like he's a brand new uh, guild member. Remember he he right. he tried yeah. to hire the Mandalorian. You know that's what we're going into right now. He tried to hire the Mandalorian to help him do a quote-unquote simple job, and as soon as he mentioned the name, yeah. he's like, well, good luck with that. He's like, well, you're not going to help me? He's like, you're either brand new or you're just an idiot if you don't know right. this is going to yeah. be like next to an impossible mission here. And then he almost, he plays a fucking double reverse on it. He, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. a reverse agent. So it makes me wonder, like, how big is the Creed? How big is the Guild itself? Well, the Guild and the Creed are two separate things. Right. You know, so the Creed is just a Mandalorian-based you know, uh, entity. Mm -hmm. you know, that's their thing together. The Guild is anybody at all that wants to be a bounty hunter and get paid right, for it. Right, exactly. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so it, like, can, my point being with both of them like so big, like, can anyone just apply to try to be the Creed? Do you get recruited? Man. Yeah, think about that. Like, this is almost... I go back to the Assassin's Creed thing, because I was always a big Assassin's Creed gamer. Um, I know. All my nerds out there, <laughs> like I always say. Um, it's like, they have so far to go with this, with the bounties and the guild and the creed. It's like, that guy you were talking about, how he was like a reverse agent, you almost sit here and wonder, like... It's like they're doing it the good way that Rise of Skywalker did not. Well, like it makes you wonder: Are there spies that they've had this problem for a long time? Well, the thing was, like, he, I don't think he was a spy, and he wasn't a double agent initially. He turned that way because his target. She told him, like, do you know how much money you right. get yeah. if you turn in mm -hmm. Mandalorian? Yeah, honestly, I think that guy was just a guy in training that really wanted the money. Right. Um, Which I, would, I feel like they could have done more with that, too. I feel like right. he could have escaped 
and it could have been brought back later on, maybe like in a really big showdown. He's yeah. he's in like a suit with a mask too, and all of a sudden like his his mask comes off, and you see it's like, whoa, I killed you in season one. <laughs> like, what, yeah, what are right. you doing here in season eight? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, Which he was even talking about. Um, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he hear of him before? As far as Mando, yes, but he didn't yeah. realize that that was the one, right? He was, but yeah. I remember like he was sitting here thinking like, "Wow, like you're a legend or whatever." Yeah, like he was sitting there uh, talking about that until he wound up finding out what was going on, right? Uh, which you know gets us into our our favorite guy, you know. Then from there, it kind of spirals out of control. Which well, thanks to our girl, by the way, Tomb Raider, <laughs> Cara Dune. <Yeah. laughs> What's her name? Cara Dune. No, Cara Dune. Cara Dune. So uh, yes. I had a I had a big thing here too. Like, um, who is this Quill guy? Like, where did he come from? What's his initial? Like, are we going to start getting some backstories for everybody? Because it, it seemed like he he. I know that they told us he was part of the. Empire, he's on the bad, the bad side of the fence here, right? But like, what led him to those actions and events? And now he's like super, you know, proud and expressive about how he's a free person. He does what he wants, and didn't ever accept any sort of money or any payment outside of gratitude. Right. So it's like he's he's almost like that old hermit in all of the uh, you know fantasy books and movies that yeah. like you learn a lot from. You know, he and, and who really helps out in the big way, but always dies. That, that happens almost all yeah, the time, right? all the time. So, all uh, the time. You know, he, he uh, reprogrammed IG-11 to yeah. become, instead of a, you know, a bounty hunter and destroyer, to his main focus and priority is the safety of founding our guy, Baby Yoda. I want to know more about him, too. Because he was, he was excellent. What creature was he? He was like a pig sort of thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, you know I, what I'm talking about? Yeah, we, we, I don't know if it mentioned his species, uh, and if it did, it's something that I missed. Um, but I, I don't know. If you guys know, leave it in our comments. We want to know. Yeah. Um, but he, he was fantastic. Like, he was super, super helpful. And I was like, I was on the impression, like, he's almost too good to be true. He's going to screw him over. I right. like, really thought that was going to happen. And I was shocked when it didn't. I mean, even going into the point of they hopped on, I call them the frog things. Because I don't know that actual <laughs> word. You know, the reptiles that yeah. they hopped across the desert. <laughs> as far as, like, why they had to use those and him taming it. Even more questions, like, does it go back into, like, he said, you're a Mandalorian, you should be able to do this. Like, was that part of their training? Was that part of their heritage? Even though it's not, like, a race? Like, what's the deal with that? Um, but, yeah, and you don't even know. Another thing that's great about this series, just the creativeness from the director is fantastic because I don't think we've ever seen a race such as, that guy before, not Mando, but his, like, trainer legend. What's his name? You talking about the, the one we were just talking about? Yeah. Quill? Quill, that's yeah. it. The Quill guy. The Quill guy. That's like a pig. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, like, I don't think we've ever seen his race before, but clearly he has, like, a mass amount of knowledge. Like, a pretty smart sure. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big mass amount of knowledge. Also, one thing I want to figure out, too, I hope it, I hope it's going to come... Circle when we start going into the seasons, um, what Mandalorian's issue is with droids, right? I hates droids, but like, why? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know yet. We're gonna figure it out. Um, give you guys his thoughts, please. I would love to hear what you think. I want to hear predictions. I don't know why 
he hates droids so much. He yeah. could have had to ship fit, like fits, <laughs> like faster and for less money from that lady uh, in the, on that planet uh, to use droids. But he was super adamant against it. I yeah. don't know what he has against them. Bold prediction is later on in the seasons. I'm sure he was. It'll have a flashback, and he was betrayed by one of them at one point. Which brings into the point of like even going up to, you know, remember the first or second episode. When he had to pay that guy that was like the taxi limo for Star Wars. Like, it, it brings another side to it, almost like this is Grand Theft Auto 4, but in Star Wars land, like, everyone's out to get somebody. Like, it's all about the money at this point. Yeah. Ain't about the money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it's all, it brings a realness to the world, too. Just to show, like, I mean,. It doesn't matter who's in power. Like, everyone's just trying to get one up on another. And I think this crazy thing is, like, there's a deeper reason behind it, though, that we're going to find out. Because now we're going to go into, you know, the last two episodes where, like, the, where it hit the fan. Where right. everything right. hit the yeah. fan. So, obviously, uh, you know, they get, to, they get to the compound. They have to make that deal. Because he, he wants his name cleared with, for the guild. Right. So at this point in time, like I mean, it was not. A, I mean, all of us kind of had an idea, and I think even he knew that he expected it to be a trap. When Grief Cargo, uh, he reached out via hologram and said, "Listen, like if you do this one thing, we can we can play a trap. We want these Imperials gone. If you right. play this one trap, you know, I'll clear a name with the guild, and you'll be free to go with with, with the Foundling." So uh, obviously, all of us were like, "Okay, obviously it's a trap." Duh. Right. And so he gets to the the planet, and it is a trap. Surprise. Shocker. But then, what, what's messed up is those uh, those pterodactyls, those big birds, whatever those they are, are low. they yeah. start messing everybody up. Yeah. And then, Grief Cargo has a change of heart when Baby Yoda saves his life. Right. You know, he, was, he was dying. Did you see that gash in there, man? It was, yeah. it was sapping his strength, and he was... Yeah. I mean. So then you wonder, right? Mm-hmm. Not trying to jump around at all, but this almost ties into last week. When we were wondering why the Force has the healing powers. Is this why maybe it jumped so far? Like, were they in talks in regards to what they were going to do and we're going to find out more later? I don't know, because like I said, I always I feel like it should be a species-specific ability, not just like a Force thing that anyone has the opportunity to do. So right, that's so what I, I mean. And I hope that's what we're going to find out later on, is is this, this healing portion of the Force something that everyone can do, or is it only for... Founding species. Which, oh, sorry, not to interrupt you. No, you're um, good. I mean, which, just to throw this out there, they're in talks right now that they're apparently, you're going to discover in the next season of Mandalorian how Palpatine comes back. So I don't know if that's just to get audiences' attention. But, um, so I think, you know, next season is going to be really, if they're going to actually bring that on board, it's either going to be a complete boom, and you're going to be like, okay, wow, you know, Rise of Skywalker really makes a lot more sense now, or it's going to wind up failing and just kind of seeming like a cash drop at that point. Like, they're just trying to tag along with the whole, you know, findling idea. We'll see. I mean, I really want to think of this almost separately from the major Me too. episode. Yeah. Because if we think too much about how is this going to tie into the hey, timelines... <laughs> uh, I think it's really gonna hamper our our outlook on it because it was it was built as a standalone. Yes, there's you know it kind of traverses multiple timelines on you know where they came from, where it's going from here before where it's caught up to with the last three Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. But um, this is this is where stuff gets cool, right? So you get it's pretty much you know really torn up by these pterodactyl looking angry birds and. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, Baby Yoda heals him, and that's when he has a change of heart. He's like, listen, I'm admitting this right now. He shoots his own two allies. Rhea Karga does. She's his own two allies. Like, listen, it was all a trap. And they're like, well, duh, we pretty much thought it was. <laughs> like, right. and, uh, like, yeah. um, at that point, he tells him that uh, one thing he didn't tell him was the, the number of the, the, the troopers that were there. He said it was four. There was like four million. <laughs> but uh, uh, they, they devise a cool plan where uh, they split up, right? So right. Quill takes Baby Yoda back towards the ship. Which they have a cool name for that ship as well. Uh, anyway, so they they uh, go so they they go towards the city to give him up, right? And Quill runs back to the safety of the ship. And um, when that happens, basically, you know, we start to see now every all of these guys are. There's a bigger purpose here, right? It's not right. just it's not just the money. We're going to start to see why they want Baby Yoda so badly. And so they get there, they see the initial guy that had the bounty, um, they, they, they could lock up Mandalorian and then fake right, him yeah. or whatever, Grid Karga has him all there, and, and so you start to see it slipping, and then all of a sudden you get a, a hologram from, at that point, you don't know, like, we see who it is, but we don't know who it is. Right. Like, and so it kind of saved them from getting... Uh, you know, kind of more in trouble in that point, and then they kind of break out of handcuffs, have the big old melee, and then they kind of like hold up in that room, and that's when the big guns come out. Oh yeah, and I knew you were waiting for me to say it. Ain't about the money, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was that was, uh, and that was an incredible scene, by the way, with the big guns. Uh, what what do you think? I mean, I thought it was. Phenomenal. Cool. I thought it was pretty cool. I think like the fact that there's always another way out is kind of fun. But the reason why I like this a little bit more is because that little gate there, yeah, that was a way out, but it wasn't easy to get into. Like they, like, like, legitimately, the Mandalorian was about to die. They, they, they went out there, and you know, like shout out to IG Eleven. IG Eleven, like, you know, being able to uh, get Baby Yoda back and bring him into it. Because I mean, at that point, I kind of we, we kind of skipped over the fact that. Um, our, our guy Quill falls trying to protect Baby Yoda and like the, the bad uh, troopers they grab him and scoop him up and they start punching Baby Yoda in the head oh, yeah, was... oh my goodness like, like I'm surprised they could show infinite abuse on Disney yes <laughs> what are we doing in 2020 people oh man so, anyways uh, IG-11 ends up you know ending their lives <laughs> yeah, and then man. takes them and uh, did you just see his abilities as as a joy? The like he won, right, he yeah. took out probably a hundred just by himself, just firing oh, and yeah. shooting all these people like one shot kills from different angles. Like like it was awesome. Then to have him like hold up with and really make that because you don't really know. Well, Mandalorian isn't convinced that IG-11 is really on their side. Right. He's like, and then yeah. what happens is uh, they they go out there. They kind of have their last stand, and they're really about to. <laughs> they're about to lose, man. Yeah, they're man. about to lose. And I, I, I thought they were done. I thought they were yeah. done for it. I thought the final stand was when, you know, Yoda took on that guy with a flamethrower yeah. <laughs> and the stormtrooper, and then took him out. You know, almost like you know your starters out of the game now. Your quarterbacks are <laughs> what's going on. Yeah. So you got to give the ball to the running back, right? And I know we don't talk about sports on this show. <laughs> That's why we're going to Robert. Uh, yeah, robots over you. Uh, but yeah, he you know he goes in that tunnel. He's explaining, you know, what's going on. And let's go back for just a minute as far as taking the whole helmet off, right? 
What was um, awesome? Because like yeah. you know, we think like, at that point, my thought process was okay. Mandalorian is going to die, but Baby Yoda was the whole reason the show is going. So he did his job. Now it's their job to get Baby Yoda where he needs to be. And so the fact that like they all leave him behind, like you know, reluctantly, obviously, you know, Peter Carter and Cara Dune didn't want to, but he basically forced him off. And yeah. um, I think that was the moment too, which not to criticize, but like. Which, it was really realistic as far as, like, the sweat and everything. But Pedro Pascal, man, he's not, uh... He wasn't looking so princey <laughs> when they took that helmet off. Yeah, I, think. I mean, that's the point. I mean, he just got his ass whooped with a <laughs> flamethrower, with, like, getting kicked in the head and shot down. Like, that guy took a lot of abuse in that, in yeah, that I mean, like, you know, that sequence. So. I think in that moment, honestly, I think every girl that was watching it to wait for Pedro Pascal's helmet to come off, they were like... Man, nachos. Oh, <laughs> I need a lot of those bad boys. Um, <laughs> but no, he's he's still the man, and he's still the viper. Well, uh, here's the thing, too, is like, after that happened, like, like that, I think that was really, really cool how he's, that's the, raises the question, like, what is it with taking the helmet off in front of people? Because at that point in time, he allows IG-11 to take his helmet, so that way he can spray him and heal him to get him to where he needs to be. So, um... Anyways, I think from that aspect, it's really, really cool. Then, I, what, what about that one lady at the very end, like the, the Mandalorian, who kind of builds all the different uh, weapons and the sigils? Uh, I feel like she has a major role to play still, because at the end, you don't see her die or anything. Like, she gets, like, attacked by, you know, multiple of the troopers, but she takes them all out, Right. Um, that, that was huge. I think that she's gonna have a huge role to play later on. Yeah, like she's got some knowledge. I think of maybe like in, of the past ages. I think she has knowledge that is gonna be crucial later on. Um, not even to mention, you know, I think we kind of not skipped over it, but we finally realized who Moff Gideon is. And can we think of a, a cooler name for a bad guy, Moff Gideon? It sounds awesome. It's almost as <laughs> like. Uh... Almost as badass as Darth Sidious, man. Or Darth Tyrannus. Darth Tyrannus <laughs> uh, was good. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah, so, you know, I think she's got a role to play yet. But Moff Gideon comes in. Uh, you know, I, what we all think, I think all of us, probably you and the audience are on the same page here, is he's he's the... He's like middle management, right? He's not he's not the end all be all bad guy. There's someone behind with the puppet strings, you know, is that Palpatine? We don't know, right? I mean that would kinda you know, play into if we figure out how he survives. But is he is Moff Gideon, is he a Sith Lord? I don't know. Is he just like a you know, a mercenary? <clears throat> is he just someone like for hire? Which brings into the whole big reveal, you know, what happens next. Well, kind of, yeah, kind of in a way. Uh, well, it happens in a little bit, but, um, you know, they, they get to that part where they're in, they're, they're in that lava river. And this, this is the part where, like, you know, if you had any sort of emotional connection to IG-11, you're like, man, this kind of stinks. You just like, can't they, catch a break. Like, <laughs> like, you can't catch a break this season. And he did, I mean, this season, he's gone now, man. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, so... They like there's a, at the opening there's all the the clone or the uh, stormtroopers out there just waiting to uh, just mess them up as soon as their boat leaves the the lava river. I gotta say, I mean, it did everything that the rise of Skywalker didn't. You know, the rise of Skywalker, they're like, oh, Chewie's dead. Oh, actually, he's still alive. It's okay. Ig Eleven, man, 
he was dead, still alive, and they're like, yeah, we're still going to let you go. <laughs> right. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't catch a break on that one. And, uh, you know, it's sad because I actually felt, you know, until you really, you know, start to learn more about Baby Yoda, you almost feel more of a connection to IG-11 just because, you know, he's that guy. He's literally... Um, what's his name? Who's the guy that dies next to Danny that's always in the friend zone? Jorah. He is Jorah the moment. Jorah of Star Wars, man. And uh, But it goes to show, like, and I love what they did with it as far as being realistic on that aspect and putting up a storyline and saying, you know, well, here's how we could get away with this here. Because even at the point of when he took his helmet off, he said, I would rather die than have, you know, my face exposed because I can't show it to another person. It's part of my creed. And he said, well, I'm not a person. (laughs) Right, he said, I'm not a person, so he saved him. And then, you know, they just literally couldn't catch a break and it got to that tunnel, which, please explain why all these stormtroopers decided to gather around the same area. Like, everyone... They must have knowledge of it. Like, I mean... You know, that whole place was, you know, governed by that... But would you tell all your troops, hey, go right there. Like, just stand there. If they know that's the only exit, you know... Yeah. Who knows? They they have the blueprints of the area. They they, uh, they control it for the area the most time. <laughs> just stand right there, but, all of them, all you guys. And just stay right there. And it was cool too, because he he you know he does this the self sacrifice. We lose IG Eleven, but then uh, Moff Gideon comes in with his uh, with his ship, and that's when things start to get real interesting. Because then Mandalorian like the the. The lady Mandalorian, like the kind of his guru, who makes him his armor. Right. She yeah. tells him, like, you know, you're not going to be able to use this until like, you know. And like, we're, I'm expecting myself. I'm like, okay, right. Like, yeah. Two seasons before he's able to figure that out. But he had that figured out. <laughs> he had yeah, like, he's like, it's time out, to man. do it. And so he gets it. He blows it up. Uh, he blows up his ship. Kind of saves the day. They get away. And there's a couple things we need to talk about here. Obviously, number one, we see. Uh, him cutting himself out of his ship, Moff Gideon, and then he stands up, and you have this thing that looks very similar to a lightsaber, but it's not quite a lightsaber, and you're like, man, what is that? And you realize, that's the Darksaber. That's the Darksaber that was introduced in the Clone Wars. Um, And what's really cool, too, is before I want to jump into that, because I think this all ties together, the sigil that uh, the Lady Mandalorian made uh, Din Djarin, uh, it was the, what was it called? The, um, it's from Clan Vizsla. So Clan Vizsla is super important to the Darksaber because uh, the first Mandalorian Jedi was Tar Vizsla who created the Darksaber. So now he's part of that same clan as the creator of the Darksaber. So are we going to see him become uh, Mandalorian Jedi? Who knows? On top of that, everyone was thinking, I think most people thought there was some sort of relation between him and Boba Fett. And the reason being is that uh, that Mythosaur sigil that Boba Fett had, that you saw him uh, throughout the big nine series, like that's the same exact uh, um, design that Mandalorian carries around and he ends up giving to Baby Yoda, that little necklace type deal. That symbol is the same exact symbol Boba Fett has. So is there a relation between Din Djarin and Boba Fett? Obviously it can't be the same clan because he's part of Clan of Isla with, with that last sign. And, uh, I, I don't know. Do you think that we're going to get uh, a good a Mandalorian Jedi? you think that's where it's headed? 
I mean, that's what we, I mean, I even brought up at the beginning of the show. Like, you wonder what their ties are to the Jedi. That would be awesome. Like, say if, you know, the top of the top, like, you really start to wonder what their rankings are. Even going down to the symbols of what, what's the Tomb Raider chick? The Tomb Raider girl? Cara Dune. Cara Dune. Good stuff. Yeah, sorry, not to be, you know, uh, disrespectful there. Uh, Cara Dune. She's an awesome actor, by the way. Actress, I would say. But um, as far as their levels, right, you really wonder what that entails. And, yeah, what if, like, the top of the top did get to become Jedi at that point? Then, you know, honestly, I mean, they'd be pretty tough to stop, especially if they could harness it. A bouncy hunter with the powers of a Jedi. <laughs> pretty amazing. <laughs> that would be pretty interesting. Yeah, that'd like, be with, pretty their, with their really, like, not impenetrable, but very, very... I mean, I, it's as close to impenetrable armor as you're going to get. Yeah, that guy took straight blasts to the chest oh, of yeah. the sniper, and that thing, didn't, <laughs> that thing didn't break. So, I mean, guys, that, that kind of sums up where we're at with the Mandalorian. Uh, tell us what you think. Let us know what you think is going to happen, what you thought about where it's at right now. And uh, we always look forward to reading your comments and seeing uh, other people's perspectives as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, just to give you an idea, I'm picturing, like, just like, you know, the Battle of Winterfell. Like a whole land of Mandalorians with dark blades <laughs> coming at, like, the Jedi castle on Tatooine. Well, the whole issue, too, I mean, the, the Mandalorians, they were destroyed. And now like, their, their planet, like, the Mandalore was, like, they, they alluded to it. Right. It was, it was destroyed. And then and you can kind of see, too, like, the ones that were left over on the, on the initial planet, like, you saw all the helmets and stuff that were all the dead carcasses of the yeah. Mandalorians too. So we don't know what happens. Or maybe are they not as strong as you know we give them credit for? Is are, are they going to be armored Jedi? Is this just a one off? There's so many questions to answer, and uh, we're going to be here for it when uh, <laughs> when they are ready to be revealed. So yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining us for our uh, third. Overall, I mean, fourth overall episode, but third one in, in our uh, series. So this is our episode three, and uh, we're looking forward to next week, which we'll be diving into The Witcher, and uh, I'm really excited about that one. Yeah, The Witcher, that's going to be a big one. Um, I finished it. Josh has still got to binge it. That's why he's still going these details. <laughs> he, he binges it, and then he knows everything down to the T, and I'm like, oh, let me think about that. <laughs> what happened at that point? Yeah, it's excellent. Um, I, you know... I remember when The Witcher 3 game came out, but I was even doing some research on that as far as the games go, and the game, uh, you know, originally it was on, like, PlayStation 1 and then PlayStation 2, and then it came out with The Witcher 3. I always thought it was, like, a bad version of Skyrim. Well, turns out, like, there's this whole story, and I found out from a friend uh, that, you know, there's this entire book series on it. And actually, the series on Netflix is more like the books, actually. So according to what she is saying, it's a lot more like the books than the games. So I really want to, uh, it's going to be awesome diving into that, which kind of, this is like the first new Game of Thrones, like, yes. mess, right? So right, I mean, disappeared. think about it, too, like... This, this is the first time this is a standalone franchise. Like, you know, with, with what we've been doing so far, we've talked about Marvel, we've talked about Star Wars, and Mandalorian is another aspect of Star Wars, but we're jumping into something right. brand new. The Witcher is something that, 
you know, a lot of people had no idea it even existed until it came dropped on Netflix. And so, and the reviews are literally off the charts. Oh, yeah. So before we go real quick, where do you think The Mandalorian goes next year? Do you have any ideas where you think yeah, to get? I, I, I think that we get to the, the founding planets. Uh, maybe things go well for an episode or two, and then all havoc wreaks loose, and I think all the uh, foundlings die, and Davio is the only one left. Yeah, I think we're gearing up for season eight, which is an entire army of Jedi <laughs> Mandalorians coming after the you know the entire Jedi race as we know it, and then you know Baby Yoda just didn't know where to stand, so he's still there. I think he's being optimistic. <laughs> I think that's kidding. completely unrealistic <laughs> how things are going. But no, I think I think this next season uh, we're going to find out a little bit more about the origins of the Mandalorian. Guys, uh, what do you think that we're going to find out? Uh, let us know below. Uh, thank you for joining us again tonight. It was a pleasure bringing you our, our little breakdown of the Mandalorian. So, yeah. Yeah, this has uh, you know, been a great episode. I would put the entire series overall at an A. I mean, and it's tough for me to ever do that because, yeah. I, you know, I, just like you, I break down the details. Um, but, I mean, overall, I thought the story arc was phenomenal for what they had to work with. For a first season, by the way, let's just say the budget was... They were perfect on that. It was yeah. visually stunning. You know, you had... Great storyline. Great storyline, emotion with the characters. You had that arc. Every time you felt like you were really Good on character top of development, it. too. Yeah. There was always some surprise, too. It wasn't like I was like, oh, I was expecting this, or I was expecting that. I thought overall it was an A. Uh, really, I am looking forward to, hopefully they do, um, find at least some sort of history of his species, I would say, and, like, what they have to do with the Jedi. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But awesome. Going to dive into The Witcher next week. Yeah, uh, I guess uh, Chase, he... He gives it an A. Hopefully you guys give us an A. And uh, thank you for tuning in today. Yeah, leave your comments below. It's not as good as Attack of the Clones, as we always know. But I still gave it an A. <laughs> this is uh, Chase and Josh, the Ridiculous Crew, signing off.